Fanboy Planet podcast on Saturday, July 22nd from Comic-Con, really from our hotel after Comic-Con because it's been an exhausting day. It's uh, Derek McCaw and Michael Goodson. So uh, we skipped uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's catch the whole thing up. All right, so what do we do? We met with uh, Sam Jackson for Snakes on a Plane. That was... Uh an interesting experience just to sit at the same table with Sam Jackson and listen to him talk about uh, the popcorn movie, as they say, the uh, the uh, not an on the western front or uh, on the waterfront, excuse me, not a not an Oscar film, but or all quiet on the western front for that matter. Yes. All right, it's late. I've had drinks. The uh, you know not an Oscar nominated film, but just a good old fashioned Saturday matinee, which is what he feels uh, Snakes on a Plane is and should be, and, and should just. Sit down, shut up, and enjoy the movie. And he, he touched me. He was actually uh, right next to me, and uh, it was shoulders. Don't look at me that way. I'm sorry. Anyway, but, uh, what drinks have you had? Uh, all right, one. All right. Um, so, uh, yes. So, Samuel Jackson, that was Friday. Um, in addition, Kenan Thompson was there as well, because they did the big Snakes on a Plane presentation Friday night, which we did not actually attend, because we sat at the uh, round table with these guys, and after seeing a little bit of footage online and hearing reports from the Snakes on a Plane uh, presentation, I think they repeated a lot of the same information, so I don't feel necessarily like I missed anything other than the, what, 4,500 screaming fans. Uh, Did we definitively answer whether or not the other guy from Good Burger was alive or dead? Uh, yes, actually, a rumor had uh, reached us that uh, Kel had died, and uh, so it was, I was feeling very awkward about uh, talking to Kenan Thompson. Somebody else asked, how is Kel at the table? And uh, uh, Kenan said, pretty good, pretty good. I just saw him a couple Before months a ago. Man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I saw him a couple months ago. He's looking good. So, at his funeral. Uh, yeah, so I, actually I guess now that I... Replay that in my head. It doesn't necessarily prove. It just means that if he, if Cal did die, uh, unfortunately, Kenan has no idea. Has anyone looked at the back of the Good Burger DVD to see whether or not he's facing backwards and he's been dead the whole time? Right, it's out of step. Well, our podcast just went terribly, terribly tasteless. Um, anyway, so beyond that, uh, what highlights have you had for the rest of the weekend besides Sam Jackson? Well, I did get to sit on the uh, DC panel, or in the DC panel today, and watch uh, the talented writers of uh, 52, as well as uh, Brad, and, uh, oh, let's see, Gail Simone, a couple of the editors, a couple of the artists. I really enjoyed their panel. It was, uh, they didn't reveal too much, but uh, they did keep it lively and entertaining, and uh, I'm, I'm still excited about their books, and uh, believe that for the next year or so, the DC... Uh, universe is in good hands. Yeah, we uh, proceeded that actually by watching Joe Casada and his Cup of Joe as well, uh, which was not quite as lively, but it's one man doing his best to keep afloat, and so he had a couple people with him. It was really Joe's show. He didn't reveal much more than the DC panel. He was more willing to talk about what's coming up uh, project-wise. I mean, they mostly hyped, uh, you know, 52. Oh, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned, but... uh, Joe was a little more willing to go into what specific projects are coming up, and uh, I appreciated that. Yeah, I get that feeling. Uh, there's some sort of a difference. I I feel like even though Dan DeDio 
is trying to be a personality on par with Joe Quesada as far as the fans are concerned. He definitely wants to be seen as the face, the way that Joe Quesada is with his cup of Joe. And, uh, that, that DC is still sort of, it is so writer-oriented. Joe can talk about things because the buck really does stop with him. I never get the feeling that, as much as I have enjoyed listening to Dan Dio, that the buck stops with Dan. There are projects I know that he has driven, but I don't feel that he is driving these writers. I think these writers are working independently to be doing these things, whereas you get a sense with you know everything about Civil War, everything about House of M, Casada was in on that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I also got a sense different this year, sitting on both panels, I know that uh, historically from what I've seen, the audience questions have always been more hostile in the Marvel panel, and a lot of that is from the, the Kevin Smith hostility, you know, things like that, and whereas the DC questions were always very glowing, but it seemed to me right off the bat there were a bunch of just uh, negative DC questions uh, in regards to uh, uh, Batgirl, uh, Cassandra Kane, and, uh, and Nightwing specifically in the... I don't know. I mean, I know where DC, is, in my opinion, is coming off a hot year um, with Infinite Crisis, no doubt. But I, I was a little surprised at the fan reaction. I've, I've enjoyed uh, Identity Crisis, Infinite Crisis, uh, 52. You know what's really odd about you saying that, the hostility of the Batgirl Nightwing thing? Sure. Is that you just said Cassandra Kane, and it never occurred to me that that's what that question was about. Uh, I thought it was the Barbara Gordon uh Dick Grayson engagement that was left at the end of Nightwing. that was that was the Nightwing hostility. I think that the that the, the question I heard was uh, somebody said that Batgirl's appearance in Robin is completely out of character from her. Which she has turned into a villain. Sixty two or whatever her run on the solo book was. Mm-hmm. So they were they were very upset about that. When when questioned about it, they didn't really uh, have an answer other than. Wait and see. Wait and see. We'll uh, we'll write something in. Really it is one of the things that has been both frustrating and fascinating about DC is that when you read a DC book right now in this one year later event, that you look at it if you don't get outright hostile and say, "Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder how that happened." Yeah. And we're still waiting for so many answers on that. And it's been three or four months since we've had. We had three months worth of one year later, I think. Yeah. And we still don't know how any of this stuff happened. But it, but in particular, the, the Nightwing and the Batgirl thing, they were not able to say, there is a specific upcoming project that addresses mm-hmm. those issues, or mm-hmm. that adri- that issue will be addressed in Nightwing, such and such a run. No, actually, they did say the Nightwing thing will be. There's a, a Nightwing special coming that really will address that. I really thought he was that. bullshitting. That he would go, that he was saying, uh, yeah, no problem. It's not going to be in Nightwing. It's not going to be. It'll be addressed in the special. Well, it is Nightwing is a troubled book. They had Bruce Jones runs writing it, and it fell off the tracks, and no one seems to be enjoying that. Of course, it also feels like that was a sudden thing. Uh, the thing that Nightwing was supposed to have died at the end of Infinite Crisis and was saved by editorial fiat at the last minute, I think, had people scrambling because, as well planned as that is, there's still. When you shift gears like that, <laughs> it's like yeah. Hmm. And uh, and we we learned today Judd Winnick was responsible for that uh, push to kill Nightwing. I gotta say I would have been uh, pretty pissed off because Nightwing is sort of my barometer for where I started comics. When when Nightwing hit 120, I knew all right. I have definitely been in comics 10 years. 
Uh, true. Yeah. So if they killed Nightwing, there goes my buoy. There goes my. Uh, and the Jed, Winnick, Jed Winnick was willing to kill off Gnort, which I uh, also thought was like Gnort. Um, but Jeff Johns was willing to immediately revive him in a book a month later, so I thought that was nice. Yes. And uh, Paul Levitt. Paul Levitz. Yes. Was uh, was the driving force behind keeping Nightwing alive, which I also appreciate. And now, and now we have a newfound respect for Paul Levitz, although. The thing that Joe Casada brought up today, and that I, I wish that we in the fan community could help broker this piece, uh, I believe it is Paul Levitz who is the reason why there will be no more DC Marvel crossovers. That he took an insult uh, from what I would have to assume was Bill Jameis uh, way too personally, uh, but Joe Casada was tarred by that same brush, and Joe Casada believed and brought up today that there will be no crossovers as long as Joe Casada has a job at Marvel. And does that spin out of the Bendis Daredevil Batman? Yes, that debacle? does. It's part of the Bendis Daredevil uh, Batman thing from Wizard World Chicago a couple of years ago. Uh, the other thing that you and I uh, both experienced over the past three days were the many faces of Grant Morrison. Uh, on, on Thursday, we attended a small press conference with... Uh, Great uh, guru thinker Deepak Chopra. Not Tupac Shakur. No, that was your problem. Never mind. Whatever. Deepak Cho- uh, Chopra, his son Gotham, and Grant Morrison from Virgin Comics. Although Grant is not actually part of Virgin, he just respects Deepak's thinking. I was quite, I was a little unclear as to what he was doing there, but. I got the I got the impression that uh, he would be writing for them if not for some contractual obligation. I, I think he is exclusive to DC so. right now. So uh, that's right because Deepak said at the end something about as long as we don't violate any contracts. Right. So about writing a book uh, about their philosophies about the seven spiritual states of the superhero. Uh, interesting stuff. But Grant Morrison, the reputation of being a rather hard drinking hard-thinking and uh, brain-melting writer. Uh, he, he was so soft-spoken yeah. and polite when he spoke. What a lovely uh, suit, you know, it, nice stripes, uh, a little bit tight. Oh, I, I, envy, I envy his sartorial sense, really. Very spiritual, uh, you know, went on lots of... Uh, I can't do that accent. Went on... A, uh, <laughs> but uh, God bless you for trying a lot. Extensively <laughs> about, you know, spiritual stuff. And you, you, the stuff you really kind of get that he's trying to express through his books. Even if you don't really, really get it. That was the that was the Graham Morrison we saw Thursday. 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 I felt very inspired. I felt like I had to go back and read his work and uh, and, and really give it a, another run through and, and, and wow, like he is really trying. Think of it as literature instead of comics. Well, I always have, but uh, that's me because I, I defend comics that way. Sure. But then, uh, then there was a very different personality when I saw him on Friday, which you then caught glimpses of on Saturday. Yeah. When I saw him at the, uh, the DC panel Friday, uh, they were doing introductions. This is this is less than 24 hours after seeing the very soft-spoken, quiet Grant Morrison for the first time. Mm-hmm. He was introduced by Dan DeDio, and he said, "Welcome to fucking San Diego," and it was just the the. Loud, drunken Scotsman that that we'd always suspected always suspected was there, and and every time he chimed in, it was just groundskeeper Willie, you know, almost almost <laughs> like that. And I, I, you know, you think that's uh, well, that's the the DC uh, stable of writers. There's such a slumber party, and uh, sure. uh, then they've lost Ed Brubaker, who used to be part of the slumber party, and now he's over at Marvel. Um, 
But uh, so who else was on that panel with Grant Morris? Was that Greg Rucka? Yeah, that was the fifty-two panel. So it was the the four guys: Johns, Wade, Rucka, and Morris. Well, I think Morris is probably trying to you know match the level of the room. And uh, well, there was also the the, the uh, referring to them as the the rock band of comics. The biggest oh, well, rock band. So I, I think see. he may have come in sort yeah. of with that idea before anyone had mentioned it. So it was just you know we love you, San Diego. And then the rock band analogy came up, but uh, that that personality was definitely there on Saturday as well, even though they added, you know, a compliment of other uh, DC stars. Gail Simone softened him up because she's she's a lady. Sure. And and Ivan Rice um, doesn't speak Director English. Director Ivan no Ivan Rice the artist uh, apparently doesn't speak English, which was a surprise to me, uh, but. Uh, he still got a couple of good one-liners. I don't know if he was scripted, fed those lines. Uh, but well, definitely was, but, that, that's yeah, but, it, but it worked, you know. Whatever it takes. Uh, so, yeah, today was kind of exciting. The first day that I felt like uh, really had a chance to actually walk around and explore comics. It's still extremely crowded. It's extremely exhausting. Wednesday night, I didn't really get a sense of how crowded it was going to be. I knew that there were more people, but... Thursday and Friday just blew my mind about how many people there were, how little room there was between the aisles, and I, I really disliked being on the convention floor as far as the uh, the dealer room and stuff. Like the panels I enjoyed, you know, there was always, I was able to get in and out of the panels, always able to find a seat, even if it wasn't the best seat in the house, I was able to attend those, uh, no problem. But being on the dealer floor, which is generally where... I like to spend most of my time. I, I like to go around, take pictures of costume, take pictures of irony, things that I find funny. And I can spend, you know, four or five hours, historically, on the floor. I could barely spend an hour. There were so many effing people that I just got sick of them. I, I could not find a space to go to where I could just stand and watch the show go by me. I, nothing. I just... The, the second I was there, it was like, okay, I, I got to get out of here because there are just too many damn people. Saturday morning, 10.30... Half the people there had been the rest of the time. Walked around, plenty of room, air-conditioned, pumping, loved it. Great. Got some things I wanted to buy. Some things I'd seen earlier were gone. That was that was a shame. Well, that's the bit of this risk you take because, on the other hand, we also like to wait till Sunday. Sure. Because guys want to get rid of their stocks so they're right. taking home. So, Saturday morning I really enjoyed on the floor. By Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, it was it was madness again. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't—I didn't understand the big crowds. We'd already seen Pirates of the Caribbean this year. We'd already seen Superman Returns. So, what were the big movies? For Comicdom, I don't think there are any as big as those two. Uh, Three hundred uh, Snakes in a Plane—not really comic-y. Well, there was a Marvel Studio panel, uh, which Lon Lopez from Moron Life did some coverage of, and hopefully we'll have the vidcast of some of that up, up later. Uh, John Favreau was there with uh, to talk about Iron Man, though there's really not much to talk about. Spider-Man 3, not out until next year. But, they, but Sam Raimi was here with Spider-Man 3, and uh, Nicolas Cage uh, and uh, Eva Mendez were here for Ghost Rider. Um, and the other big thing that I didn't actually get the answer to was apparently today they announced the director of Hulk 2, and I'm ashamed to admit I have no idea who they actually announced huh. in that in that role. But uh, so they've got a new film director. Who do you want it to be, Derek? Who do I want it to be? Mm-hmm. Anybody but Ang Lee, really. Uh, that's that that's okay. You don't really care for the Bruce Banner story. You uh, really want to see Hulk smash? I really want to see Hulk smash. That's that that may be just me. Well, I want Greg Pak. I mean, Greg Pak, the current writer of Planet Hulk, actually is a film director. 
So I think probably the coolest thing they could do would be to uh, let Greg actually write and direct a Hulk movie. Hmm. What the heck? All right. Yeah. I should note at this point that we're watching a uh, Raw highlight show uh, for the WWE, so we're including every aspect of Fanboy Planet here. Sure. And as we're doing this, the Diva Search highlights are coming on. and uh, Which is in no way distracting from this podcast. Like, no, not at all. I mean, quality is not good. Well, my back's to the TV, and then I see it reflected in your glasses, and I have to turn around. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Okay, because Michael wants sound. Uh, I see the other fun thing, if anybody is uh, going tomorrow, Sunday, that uh, Ultimate Alliance, the Activision game from Marvel, uh, I went to the panel this morning where clearly the hostess of the panel really did not understand, oh, three quarters of the things Stan Lee, references Stan Lee was making. Young Asian woman? Yes, the young Asian woman. But I did t- speak to her later. She was very enthusiastic and uh, very knowledgeable about the game itself. Hmm. And so that was, you know, so she uh, took me into uh, both get a demo of the game and uh, if you are a fan, you can audition if you are a man for the role of Namor in the game uh, and say something about, I can take care of myself, surface dwellers. Um, and then, of sure, course, you and, can't. Uh, if anybody would like to donate at Xbox 360 for review purposes, just uh, contact uh, mjgoodson at gmail.com. Okay, well, you know, yes. I, I'm going to let you have that one because we know what a lame gamer I am. If you're a female, you can audition for the role of Jean Grey, who is apparently alive and well in this game. And, uh, yes, and, and at the very least, even if you do not, uh, of course, get these, these coveted roles. Uh, if you <laughs> get these coveted roles, uh, there is still a grand prize of an Xbox 360 that they're offering. And that uh, for auditioning, you get a swanky box of uh, Ultimate Alliance trading cards. Which may or may not be complete, as I discovered. <laughs> My deck was complete. Michael's was not. I was missing two cards. Yes. Um, <laughs> but other than that... 50 card pickup. But it does look like a really great game. Of course, they're demoing it on uh, an Xbox 360 with on HDTV, uh, which makes it look really cool. Uh, it'll be also available for the PS3 and uh, PC. So it's the next generation of PC game as well. So we can possibly survive with that. Although, really, I'm bucking for someone to donate that Xbox 360 to hey, you. Hey, me too. Because all I need to do is play it for 10 minutes over at your place. So... That's all I can handle, really. Yeah, you know, I'll have killed off the entire team. <laughs> the entire Marvel Universe destroyed by me within ten minutes. Suicide. Suicide. Every, each and every one of them. Before I can even play them, Ghost Rider looks up, says, oh, crap, and kills himself. Proof <laughs> man do himself in by the pen and stare. All right, so uh, that's it for Saturday night. Uh, Michael is uh, flying back to San Jose tomorrow. Uh, Mark Teague and myself will still be on the floor. I believe Aaron Frost will be wandering somewhere, and Maybe we'll be able to catch up with her. Where can we see Aaron Frost's uh, live show coverage? Uh, actually, we have that up now posted on Fanboy Planet as well. Oh, it's earlier. Really you should really occasionally read the website that you own a piece of. Uh-huh. But that's just one of those ironies I can't seem to photograph. Yeah. Okay, so good night and uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>